Hey everyone, Charles here. And first of all, thank you for stopping by my podcast. If this show inspires you, makes you think, or gives you that courage to jump into action, please help by donating to this show. Click the link in the description and donate. Your donation helps us with production and finding great guests moving forward. Thank you and enjoy. Meyer Brand Snacks promise the great value you expect with a quality guarantee in every bite. And summertime snacking is our most favorite snacking season of all because Meyer Brand makes it deliciously easy. From new lemonade flavors to classic ingredients for backyard s'mores to creamy ice cream varieties like new limited edition purple cow by Meyer Very Berry Americana with ribbons of real strawberry and blueberry swirls waving in creamy vanilla ice cream. Stop into Meyer and discover big taste and bigger savings on Meyer Brand summertime snacks. Jump fans, are you ready? Ex NFL player, author, speaker, certified coach. Now, this man has a spirit like no other. I have today my friend, Brandon Williams. I met Brandon and we get just got talking. And to hear his life in the NFL and his life outside the NFL, I think is going to help so many people out there. And sometimes you get hit and you get down. But the question I'm asking you is, do you get up? Sit back and relax and listen to Brandon Williams. You're listening to Jump. Good morning, good morning. And yes, it's another show, another podcast show, Jump, where we look into different people around the world and find out how do they become great? How do they jump into their focus? And I have a special guest here. You know, I always search for different people that I feel that has something to give. And this next gentleman on the line was gracious enough to listen to my little spiel about the show. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm down for it. And that's what I love. So please, sir, introduce yourself. Hey everybody, my name is Brandon Williams. I'm a former NFL player, author, speaker, certified life coach, um, and I'm excited to be on the jump, man. Let's let's jump into it. <laughs> see, that's that's what I like about you, man. I was, I've been watching your reels. So if you want to, you know, see a little bit more about what he does, go to YouTube, and that's Brandon Williams Speaker Reel, okay? And it, it, it gives you a little bit of snippets of what he does. But I want to jump in right into it. And can you give us a backstory about the NFL? Because I kind of, I, I kind of titled this podcast uh life draft mm. because i know it couldn't have been easy to get to the road you got to so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so i, I have been playing football since i was six years old um, my uncles were coaches they played semi-pro and they have been around the game of football as long as i have been alive and they um kind of introduced me to football and, and took me under their wings man and once I got to high school my uncle told me he said you put eight years in you can get a million dollars and that was the blueprint and so I put eight years of hard work in high school college and came out on the other side end up getting drafted to the National Football League in 2006 with the 84th pick uh, which is a crazy story how it was funny my aunt um, called me in the morning of the draft and it was about eight o'clock in the morning and at that time the NFL draft was 
the first three rounds were on the first day. So it was like from noon to nine at night, right? And you, if you got drafted in the third round and you were staying up that whole time, you, your family was watching the TV that whole time waiting on you to get drafted. And so my aunt ended up calling me at about eight o'clock in the morning and she was excited. She was giddy. She was like, hey, I can't wait to come over there. I know we having the party and everything is fun and she's excited. I'm like, okay, well just, you know, come on over because it's eight o'clock. I'm still trying to sleep. I don't even want to get up till they call my name, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but so she says, you know, let me ask you a question. She says, when are you going to get drafted? And I said, well, I hope for the first pick of the overall draft, that'd be great. Let's get this out the way, right? Let's get that guaranteed 56 million. Uh, and that would be exciting. And so I was just like, look, I don't know when I'm getting drafted. So just come on over. We got food and all this good stuff. And she was like, okay, well, what year were you born? And I said, look, man, you, first of all, you're 10 years older than me. You, you basically helped raise me. And I said, I was born in 1984. And she was like, okay, well, you're going to be the 84th pick in the draft. And I was like, look, I don't know what you're smoking right now. I don't know what you're <laughs> drinking right now. Just put it down and come on over our house so we can have a party and have a good time. And sure enough, later on that night, I was the 84th pick in the draft. And it was really crazy how she called it out. Okay, so hold on. Before we go on, can I get Auntie's number? Because I know the lot, <laughs> lot Terrio, lot Terrio is big. So if she, oh, can, if she can call that number, she must have some other numbers she can call for me. I, I wish she had some other numbers, <laughs> but that was pretty much the end of her prophetic reign. So it, it's all good. <laughs> so listen, you got into the NFL, and then what happened? How how does how did life treat you? Man, it was crazy because when you get into the NFL, it's not a lot of, you know, mentorship and people that's really trying to take you under their wing and show you the ropes of, of life as an NFL player, as a professional, as somebody with all this money in your in your pocket. You, you kind of have a lot of power because just just social capital now nowadays with social media. See, this was 2006. Facebook had just came out in 2004. So there was, I mean, and MySpace was around. So there was no Instagram, Twitter. There was no Snapchat. So, you know, back then, even though you were, you had a level of a notoriety, people that knew you, they really knew you. They really had watched you. They really watched your games and, and, and they really tried to get to know you. And so once they actually met you in person, it was this really cool uh, symbiotic relationship where they, they wanted to be around you. Um, and, and, you know, now that so that was social capital back then. Nowadays, man, you put your whole life on social media as an athlete and you really give people an introspective look at, into who you are. And it kind of right. it kind of relieves some of the pressure of your private life. So one of the things I always say is um, you know, to be a true leader, there is no private life. It, you you cannot be a private and a public person like there. If you do stuff that is in private that you're not willing to do in public, that is the lack of character. Now, there are moments in your life of intimacy where you don't show like, you know, you're not going to show people with the intimate moments with you and your wife or, you know, the intimate moments you have with your children or something like that. Right. But from a character standpoint, I cannot be this person at home and then this person in the public. Inky Johnson says it best. He's like, don't be a public success and a private failure. Um, and so for me coming into the NFL, it was, I was, it was really just, a, I was trying to be private and I didn't want everybody to know my business because I didn't know what to be like. I didn't have anybody in my family who had 
got a check for six hundred thousand dollars and how do you how do you financially handle that how do you spiritually handle that um and so it was really it, it went by so quick for me it was it was kind of tough i was doing some immature things that i shouldn't have been doing and nobody was telling me that it was immature i just reaped the consequences i never got a warning i never got a rebuke it was just like well nope you lost it it's over bye you, and then, you're out <laughs> and then that, and then that's it but then at the end of the day looking at you now looking what you're doing i always tell everybody from from a downside there's an upside yeah so what so what did you gain out of this well, so the whole thread of my life um, is really about being a leader and being a mentor. I'm the oldest child uh, from my dad and from my mom. So my mom and dad had me when they were about 21 and 24. I was the I was the oldest child on both sides of the family for the most part. The first grandchild on both sides of the family. So even when you're when you're I don't know Charles if you're the oldest, but when you're the oldest, it's a natural leadership role that you must take on, and it's it's a quiet leadership role that nobody tells you. You just kind of fall into it. And me personally, I I reveled in that. I, I appreciated that. And so the thread of my life has really been mentorship of my younger brothers and my younger sister. And so what came out of that is that when I left the NFL, uh, so I have a brother that's seven years younger than me who went to the NFL too. He just retired this past year. And so okay. he watched my journey through high school. He watched my journey through college. He watched my journey to the NFL, the ups and downs of the NFL. There weren't many ups and downs in high school and college. There was just a lot of ups, right? Uh, but once I got to the league, it was a lot of ups and downs. And then when I left the NFL, it was a lot of downs. And now we're, we're on this uptick. And through that, I, I God gave me a purpose that I had to, number one, help him not go through some of the same financial struggles that I went through post NFL. So I did that. I had to be a, a mentor to him and show him and guide him uh, and through his life and his journey and get to where he is now. And I've been doing that. And so that's really been the upside. Me uh, going through those situations and, and bearing fruit from bad situations and turning bad situations into learning opportunities because, you know, there's always somebody watching you. And for me, it was always my younger brothers and sister that were watching me and learning and taking note at how I dealt with stuff and handled stuff. And they've always been receptive um, to, to me saying certain things and, and, and trying to tell them not to do things or to do things. What to, to do, what not to do, how to do it. Because the funny thing is, you said something that I want not only the youngsters, but the people going into the league. You said financial after the game is done. When you hang up the cleats, when everything's over... You got to think about you still have a life after football. What are you going to do with that life? Did you know that? Did you think about that? Or did you just think, you know, I made it. I'm going to be the baller forever and that's it. No, you know, I didn't think I was going to be a baller forever. I always um, knew that I had, you know, uh, needed a plan B or whatever, a plan C or second path. The problem is that when athletes that make it to the professional level, they don't make it there um, by luck. They don't make it there by just so happenstance, right? They make it there because they put everything, their whole being is that sport. Like I was not playing football. I was football. It wasn't no separation between the two. Uh, and that's the tough part for level athletes that make it to the highest level. From one end of the spectrum, you have people who say, hey, you know, you got to have a plan B. You got to have this. You got to be thinking about this. But then on the other side of the spectrum is I didn't have the opportunity to have that. Um, how do I describe it? That social 
mature, that social growth, that, that, that oneness growth to be able to find myself like most people who don't play sports. Like you go to college, right? Like Charles goes to college, man. He, you know, you go to study, but you're there to find yourself. You're there to explore life and figure out what you like, what you don't like, what, what makes you happy, what gives you joy, what you want to pursue in life. When I went to college, I already knew what I was pursuing in life. It was football. College was just a road stop, a block, a bump in that road to, there was another box to check to get to the NFL. So while most people were, you know, getting very introspective and, and doing things and experiencing things, I wasn't. As, as athletes, we don't experience things. We experience the game. And so that's what. So, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so I, I want to get this straight. So you're saying from day one, you just knew my only focus, my only dream, all I got to do is it's the football. Nothing oh, else. Yeah. I can't think about nothing else. I can't do anything else. If I want to get to that check, if I want to get to that goal, if I want to get to that dream, I got to put in the 110%. Yes, things will be coming in my life, but the first goal is always to get to that dream. Priorities, brother. Priorities. And so don't don't get it twisted. I thought about other things like, oh, this would be cool to own some property this would be cool to start a business but it was an afterthought it wasn't a forethought it wasn't the thing that was really on my mind because look football would allow me to have the financial leverage to invest into those things right so football was the first piece that had to happen before all the other pieces happened so in a in a utopian world yes i would be thinking about all these other things but the reality is, if I take my mind, my body, my thoughts off of the game of football, I would lack. I, would, I wouldn't be able to uh, play at the highest level. And for me, in my position, I was 5'9", 160 pounds in college. I needed to have my whole being into this game unless it wasn't happening. Because remember the blueprint that was laid for me. My uncle said, if you put in eight, work, eight years of hard work. Eight years of focus, not getting in trouble, being a character guy, making sure that you do what's right, taking care of football, treating it like a business from high school to to throughout college. Then you would get the opportunity to make it as a professional. That was the only way I could possibly make it. I, I couldn't take I couldn't, you know, mess up here and there, get kicked out of a school or flunk out of school and then go to another school transfer. And I was five, nine, 165 pounds. Now, if I was like 6'6", 220, I would get way more leeway. Uh, but if I was, I always said if I was like, if I was Ray Lewis size, I, like Ray Lewis's size, <laughs> I would have been Ray Lewis. Because I had the mentality of a linebacker. I wanted to hit anything moving. But I had to realize like, yo, if I hit everything, I'm going to be broke up myself. <laughs> so so that, was, that was the environment that I grew up in. Um, when it came to football and, and some people may listen to this and say, oh, that's that's a bad thing. But it wasn't really a bad thing. It was the desire I had for my life. It was what right. I wanted in my life. But then here's the thing. I'm listening to you and they said eight years. Keep clean. Do what you got to do. Eight years. Now, yeah. what what year did you start playing football? When I was six. OK, so from six to twenty six. So you're telling a six year old and we all know we're boys. We all know that things are going to happen. Our friends, good or bad, we're going to meet the right right people, the wrong people. That that honey bun's going to walk by, and you know what I mean. The whole world's going to change. That that sweetheart you think is the best thing that you've ever seen in your life. There had to be some bumps. There had to be some 
some dipfalls on your journey. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stop. Are you ready to maximize the impact of your podcast interviews and elevate your brand like never before? Stop wasting time on interviews that don't reach their full potential. With our cutting edge AI technology, you can transform your content into captivating marketing materials in just seconds. Don't wait for hosts to promote your work. Take control of your brand's narrative today. Click the link below and unlock the full potential of your interviews. Say hello to Proactive Marketing Mastery and watch your brand soar with Cast Magic. Yeah, I mean, look, it, from when I was, you know, growing up, I was blessed um, because I had a family that loved me. I had a family that took care of me. And I'm talking from uh, the oldest grandma all the way to the youngest aunt and uncle. They treated me like I was their child. They loved me. Like my, I always tell my brother and sister, we were blessed to grow up in a home like that because there's millions of people in this world who get abused who get ridiculed, who get punished, who get beat. And these are by people who are supposed to be taking care of them and loving them. And so I can honestly say I was never in a position where I feared for my life, where I thought I was gonna, I, I didn't I didn't have, I had lack. We, we weren't rich, but I never wanted, like I never missed a meal. We just had a family that was a family and we were a big family and we took care of each other. Yeah, we had arguments and setbacks. It was plenty of times in my life where Growing up, I was like, man, this this really sucks. But it was no time that I just thought that I was just a lost cause. So it may sound weird, but I, I grew up and, and I mean, the hardest, you know what? I will say this. The hardest part of my life was when my grandfather passed when I was 12 years old. Okay. My grandfather died when I was 12 and I probably cried for t- t- 10 years after he passed so i'm talking as a grown man i was still i still cry i don't cry anymore but i used to cry as a grown man thinking about my grandfather thinking about his birthday when he passed because he never got to see me play in high school he never got to see me play in college he never got to see me play in the nfl and the way he he passed so abruptly so he he grew up in mississippi on the tobacco field and he smoked he smoked cigarettes tobacco since he was like 10 years old him and all his brothers he had five brothers and they all passed away uh prematurely in their early late 50s uh from from uh, some form of lung cancer it may not have been full-blown lung cancer but it was in uh because of smoking right one one day my grandfather went to the hospital i went and visited him he was a he was a big bigger burly man about six six one about 230 pounds and I went and visited him in the hospital he had shriveled up into a prune and I was like that's not my grandfather who what is what's happening to him I leave the hospital the next morning my mom wakes me up and says Papa is dead I never got to sit with him talk to him and just love on him like I wanted to yeah. and I'm getting emotional right now no man I, uh, I listen I, I <laughs> I understand what you're saying because that's your rock. Yeah. That's that's the rock. And people don't understand that in your life, business, whatever you do, there is somebody out there, family, teacher, or somebody that that's the person that is your wing. And if you don't grab onto that person, you ain't going to realize that that's what it is. 
gift to yeah. have that person be to have your person and that is amazing I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and i'm trying to hold back because i had my grandmother yeah and i had my nana and it's the same thing listening to her the cancer grabbed her and i was like you see the, the thing that I, I i could see that the problem is and what people need to understand you see them as a superman Mm-hmm. And then, and then, when the kryptonite gets them, you're like, "Wait, wait, what's going on? <laughs> I've never seen this before. What is going on?" Yeah. Then you realize, "Wow, life is different. Life is real, man." And at 12 years old, that's what you know. At 12 years old, you're that's preteen, right? You're about to be a teen. You're about to go through stuff. You're about to have, like you said, you're gonna have girls. You're gonna have these hormones and testosterone, and everything is just going crazy. And and I'm I'm a very I was a very uh, I was the only child for four years, but the only child in my home for seven years. So I was a very quiet child. Yeah. Meaning I only and I really only hung out with old grown people. So I didn't have I I had friends, but I was always with like an auntie or an uncle or my grandparents. So people that were like old enough to be my parents I would hang with them and like when I was six or seven I was hanging with my auntie and her high school friends so I was always used to hanging around older people so I didn't talk a lot I didn't need to talk a lot I was just listening and as I went through and when I and when I went through high school and college I had a, I had um, a very core group of friends who I could say anything do anything hang with and these are still my friends now but the funny thing is that happened when I went to the NFL I went back to that adolescent that didn't really talk much, that didn't have the friends because what people don't realize in the NFL, dudes is not homies. Those is not my homies. These are my coworkers. Yeah, these are my teammates, but they all we all come from different backgrounds, different things. Some guys got families. We don't just come in the locker room and it's all hunky-dory. Sometimes you come in the locker room and it's just like, "Hey, what's up? How you doing? See you at practice." And when we leave, when we leave practice, we do, we see each other the next practice. We're not like texting each other. We're not going out <laughs> to dinner. You know what I'm saying? We're not all playing video games together. This ain't college. We don't have time to hang out with these dudes. Like we got families and stuff. So people don't really understand. It's just like your your co-working space at your job is just like a co-working space in the NFL. So, or so hold on. So no one's bringing uh, tuna casserole during break or lunch or anything like that. No, no one's sir. Muffins. No sir. It's not the, No coffee and muffins. Is that what you're telling me? Uh uh-uh, uh. No. You know. Well, rookies they going to buy uh, Popeye's chicken on Friday before we travel. They they probably got to bring some coffee and mug and, and and muffins in the morning and donuts for the vets. But that's just, you know, that's just fun hazing type of stuff. You know what I mean? That's just the fun stuff that, you know, as a rookie, you got to do. You get the, the rookie hazing. But other than that, you got to realize it's, it's so when you go into a, a professional locker room, it's a bunch of 22 year olds being mentored by some 25 year olds. Oh, yeah. Now, that who, who's, te- <laughs> who's teaching who at this point? Like, what's going on? And then the, and then the 30, the 30 year old guys, they got families. They, so they don't, don't have time. time to hang out with you. you, you they got, I got a I got a wife. I got my kids. I'm going to my kids' games. I'm picking my wife up. I'm doing this. I'm doing family stuff. I, you know, so they really doing. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more 
and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Family stuff. So it's an interesting dynamic if you've never really been in a professional locker room and just seeing what really goes on. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break, but I'm going to take you on that note right there. And I want you to tell us the learning you learned from football how are you translating that to kids? Because when I watch your video, I see you going out and speaking to kids. I see you going out to speaking. Where did that touch you to say, listen, I need to get out there and be a speaker and I need to tell the kids what I've learned to make it better for them. So hold that. We'll be right back. Introducing Promo Caribbean, the Caribbean's number one mobile app. The only app you'll need to stay current on local and regional news, jobs, business listings, parties, attractions, travel, and much more. Whether you're in the Caribbean, Canada, the U.S., the U.K., or anywhere in the world, this revolutionary app allows you to connect, engage, and support your Caribbean community through your mobile device. Reach the whole Caribbean community from the palm of your hands. Download the Promo Caribbean app now for free at the App Store and Google Play. Hey, it's okay if you're driving or too busy to take notes. Charles has your parachute packed with all the info you need to jump into success. Check out the links section for all the tools you need to land safe. Now, let's keep falling with Charles and his special guest. Yes, I am back with my special guest, Brandon Williams. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. All right. Now, just before we went to the break, I said to you, I need to know why you got started as the author. I need to know why you take what you've learned and talk to the children. Why do you do this? Like you, people think, well, he's an NFL player. He could sit back and just chill. He could just, you know, show his face, do endorsements, go golfing. And I hope you have a good golf game. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> but people, people are wondering, you know, why do you, why, why go out and do this? Why do you get on a plane? Why do you travel here and do this? What's, what's pushing you? You know, in the NFL, it's a, it's really a blue collar league. So most of the guys in the NFL are not don't get endorsements. They don't have a lot of money just sitting around and they, they still have to work. And they they really understand where they came from and, and how they got there. And for me, growing up, I had uncles. I had coaches who loved on me, who showed me uh, the right things to do, who, tr- who tried to protect me. And I thought that that was important. One of the coolest, one of the most inspiring stories that I ever, that the things that ever happened to me is when I was nine years old, the St. Louis Rams, maybe before that, maybe when I was seven or seven or eight, the St. Louis, the Rams football organization, now that the Los Angeles Rams came to St. Louis. And, and when they first came to St. Louis, they didn't have a practice facility yet. It was being built. So they actually practiced at my little league facility. So where I played little league football, was Matthew Dickey's Boys Club. And Matthew Dickey's Boys Club has struck a partnership with the Rams to say, hey, they can use our facility because we had actually like some really good facilities, apparently. Uh, <laughs> at seven and eight years old, you don't really think about it, but they use our field to practice. And that gave us the exposure to NFL players. And one day I was at, we had just finished practice and they were about to start practice and we got to meet some of the Rams players. And so I met Jerome Bettis, Lawrence Phillips, uh, uh, who else? Isaac Bruce was out there. Just, you know, Keith Lau, just all these, these players. And so one of the players I met was Toby Wright. 
And Toby Wright, if you anybody knows who Toby Wright is, he played in Nebraska. He was a safety, but he was a thumper. He was like Ronnie Lott. He was like Steve Atwater. He was like Night Train Lane. He would rip your freaking head off. And he was known, he was known for taking cats out. Toby Wright was a savage. Go Google some YouTube, some Toby Wright uh, highlight reels, and you're going to see this dude was taking folks out. And me and him started playing catch at practice, right before their practice. And he told me, he was like, he asked me who, what my name was, who I was, and he, and I said, um, you know, I play running back. So we had the same number. He was 32. I was 32. Yes. And so he, he was drawn to me. Right. So we we start playing catch and he was asking me questions. And I was like, yeah, I'm a running back. And he was like, man, that's so cool. I wish I was like you. I want to be a, I wanted to be a running back. And as an eight year old kid to have an NFL player say, I want to be like you because you are a running back. You get to score touchdowns. That just blew my mind. So I think, yeah, man, I think that that left an impression on me that one day I wanted to be Toby Wright to leave that impression on another kid and to tell him, like, look, I want to be like you. You're awesome, kid. Blah, blah, blah. Like and it wasn't lip service like he probably really wanted to be a running back and run the football. But he was he was a safety and he was just hitting people, you know, so that was really cool that was something that stuck out to me and from I think from that moment on I always knew uh, you couple that with me being the oldest I always just knew that giving back and, and being a leader in the community and talking to, to to youth is something important and when I talk to youth now I do a lot of corporate uh, events now not as much high school and and, uh, and little little as I used to but when I used to talk to youth even my college students I tell them look I'm here talking to you for a selfish reason because I have kids myself. And one day you are going to be the sphere of influence for my kids and they're not going to listen to daddy. They're going to listen to you. And so if I don't pour into you, if I don't mentor you, you're going to influence my kids in a negative way instead of in a positive way that you could influence them if somebody had mentored you, if somebody had helped you. And so I'm here selfishly talking to you because I want <laughs> you to help my kids. I, don't, I like that. And it's selfish at the same time, but also brilliant. Because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I never really thought of that. If you teach the next generation, then that generation will make it okay for when your child grows up and be safe. Absolutely. They yeah, are going to they're going to influence they're going to influence the generation behind them that I as as a father, you know one day your kids going to buck up. They going to say, "Man, I ain't listening to dad. Dad don't know what he's talking about. He just old and being old school." <laughs> and it's going to be a young 25-year-old, 22-year-old person that they going to be like, "He's the coolest thing since sliced bread." Yep, yep. I'll be like, "Yep, he is cool, ain't he?" Cuz I coached him and I mentored him. Now go listen to him cuz I'm <laughs> it's just my legacy in them. So that's that's the goal. So hold up, before we move on, yeah, uh T Wright, he's a big boy. Savage man, yeah, that that that's Kobe a Wright is that that's a big boy. Like I'm looking at some pictures at him right now. So when when he talked to you, you must have really just said, "Yo, this is a giant." Like this is 
Yeah, it was really cool, man. It was really cool to hear Toby Wright because I had watched Toby Wright before that. Like I was in the, I'm in the Midwest. I was, I was in the Midwest in St. Louis. So um, my college, the closest college team was Missouri, and so you know Missouri and Nebraska was a huge, is a huge rivalry. And so I would watch Toby Wright just like destroy the Missouri Tigers and just crush dudes playing for the for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I was like, wow, this dude is like playing. He's playing catch with me. First of all, let's talk about that. He's playing catch with me. We're just literally throwing the ball back and forth and having a conversation. And that was really cool. Right. So hold on before I ask you the next question, because I'm always I'm always into these stories. Have you ever talking to him again? Have you ever seen him again? I've never I've never seen him again uh, since since that time, because when I see him, I'm definitely going to tell him that story. But I he hasn't come. I don't think he was on the Super Bowl team that end up winning for the Rams. And so, you know, a lot of. And I used to cover the Rams, so I used to do the pregame show. I was a commentator for the pregame show on Fox in St. Louis. Okay. And um, so I was always, and I played for the Rams too. So I was always around the organization when they were in St. Louis. And he never came back because I don't. He wasn't on those winning teams. He was. He was on some of those teams that when they first came, they were getting their their doors blown off. And so he he hasn't come back. So I've never got to meet him, and I've never seen him at like the Super Bowl or anything like that. All right. Well, hopefully we're going to make this happen right now because I love the <laughs> I love these stories. So if anybody's uh, anybody's close and they're listening to Jump Podcast, you know, connect these two together because you know, family wise or somebody know. without without good generation people, I would not be talking to this gentleman right now. So you know, that's what we got to do. So going on that note, you said you were a commentator. How'd you roll all that in? Because now you, you're doing business, you're doing corporate. Where did you find that this is your calling to do corporate? So I have, so I've been speaking since 2010. I've been a commentator since 2010. And for me, it's really just uh, about purpose. So it took me about five years after leaving the NFL to really figure out who I was, what I was all about, what I wanted to do. And not even what, what I wanted to do, but what God was calling me to do, to be honest. What is God calling me to do and submitting to his will, his authority, uh, and then Submission is one thing, but being obedient is another thing. Submission is uh, listening and, and and being and submitted to the environment. But obedience is actually doing it with the right character, doing it with the right attitude and, and taking the action. So submission is the attitude. Uh, obedience is the actual activity that you're doing. So I was submitted to God for my whole life. Like I knew that God was, was a real thing. But obedience is another thing and doing it and listening is something totally different. So it took me about five years before I figured out that my purpose is to help other people find their purpose. Okay. And I just I just been going on this journey, whether it was in the financial world, in the sports world, in the commentating world, in the leadership development space, the personal development space. It's been taking me on this journey all the way through to where I am now. But I was I've been a, I'm still a commentator. So I work for Big Ten Network and ESPN Radio. Uh, here locally in Madison, but Big Ten Network for the last 10 years. Uh, but when I was in St. Louis, when I, I'm from St. Louis, when I was living in St. Louis, after I first left the NFL, I was I was the Rams. I did the Rams pregame show for five years covering the Rams uh, on the our local Fox pregame. So this is the pregame that came on before the national Fox with with Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Menefee and Mike Strahan. I would come on 30 minutes before them in the St. Louis market. OK, so hold on. People are going to say to me, five years, you waited five years. Like, they can't wait five. Like, people can't sit nowadays 
more than five, ten minutes without grabbing their phone and looking at their phone. Anybody text me? Anybody? Anybody like my stuff? Did I get a like? Did I get a share? How, how can you have patience? Because the main thing I'm hearing is patience, knowing your goal, but making it happen. How do you sit for five well, years? I wasn't necessarily sitting for those five years. Actually, I was I was actually failing for five years, trial and error for five years because I was going I was on a five year journey to figure out who I was. And when you don't know who you are, when you don't know your purpose, you try to experience. So I basically went back to my college days. So when most people do trial and error in college and when they first get out of college and get their first job and go through trial and error. So so imagine me. I went through college, was all football. And then my first four years as an adult really was all football. So that's a that's an eight year gap of not being able to experience what I what I want to help experience things that just help me grow as a as a person of who I am just sitting and meditating and focusing on what makes me happy what brings me joy um and so it took me five years to figure it out so in that five years I became jack of all master of none I was doing so many different things so if Charles would have seen me uh, in one in one season, the next six months from then, I was doing something else. <laughs> then a year from that, I was doing something else. Then a year from that, I was doing this thing, and it's like, dude, B don't know what the heck he want to do. <laughs> I so in, in turn, you can't, you know, I got good character, but I can't trust you. Yeah, because I don't know who you're gonna be in a, a year from now. You're all over and the I'm place. not sticking. I'm all over the place. I'm not sticking to something and that was by design. And it wasn't because I didn't want to stick. It was because I was exploring on what do I want to do. And most people figure what they want to do, uh, at least have a, a clue of what they want to do as they start to get out of college and all this type of stuff. Because what? that's why you went to college, right? Because you had a career that you wanted to pursue. So you went and got a degree in it and then you went and got a job in it. And now you work that job or or you work that job and lead that job and become a consultant for that same field or industry well i had no field or industry football was my field and industry but i did know that sports commentating and being a commentator and in front of the camera was something that i thrived at doing and so i i just but i, I was also getting it i had my real estate license <laughs> <laughs> i got into i was selling uh mouthpieces <laughs> I was I was starting companies. I was doing network marketing. I was doing all kind of stuff trying to figure out what the heck was I supposed to be doing. So All right. So hold on. That leads me right into my next question. When you're starting off all these stuff, you're a football player. When you approach these people, you're you're coming as a football player. How how are you rebranding and selling yourself? Yeah. It was it was tough 5 years because I was when you're simultaneously trying to rebrand something that you don't know. So think about it. if you don't really know what the product is, how can you can how can you rebrand a product that you don't really know what it is? And so I'm trying to rebrand, but I'm trying to find myself at the same time. So that's the conundrum. That's that's where I was a space that's uneasy, uncomfortable for the people who are who's receiving me. It wasn't uncomfortable for me because I subconsciously knew I was trying to find myself but they didn't they thought that I had it all together when people see you go to the NFL that's a professional level so you don't go leave the NFL and become unprofessional they still hold you in that esteem 
as if you got it all together, as if you know everything that's supposed to happen in your life. Right. And you have no clue. So you have to act like you got a clue. <laughs> so, so I wasn't going around acting like I was a plum fool. I was acting like I had it together. But in reality, I was still just trying to figure things out. Take the phone. And so, yeah, I was, oh man, what? <laughs> Fake it till you make it. That was the my motto, right? That was my motto. Fake it till you make it because you can't, as a former NFL player, you can't let people know that you don't know what the heck you're doing, that you don't have a clue about life because it's a stigmatism. Oh, you dumb. You don't know nothing. You blew your money. You wasted your life. You did this. And now look what you got to show for it. Right. Well, you know, hey, money ain't everything. The experience and going through it and learning and 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 uh, being able to influence other people is the biggest thing. Cause look, man, I'm 35 now. I'll be 35 in February. Okay. I'm still super young. Right, right, right. And the fruits of what I was doing when I was 22 are starting to come to harvest now. So my brother, who I poured a lot of mentorship in, a lot of love in, still to this day, what he's doing in life is is affecting me in a positive way. Right. So his company that he started, I'm a, I'm a consultant for his company. And now it's like, wow, if I would have never poured into him, he probably would never be in this position. Right. And now at 35, getting ready to be 35, I wouldn't be in a position to work with my brother every day, talk to him every day and talk to him about business and not just life, but about business and growing and building a, a, a company that could change our family's history you know and that's but if i would have been naive and stubborn and not went through what i went through at 22 we wouldn't be in this position at 35 okay so so you said you said one thing and and i want to i want to take it right there right off the bat you said family history you said family and you keep talking about family 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 your kids so the question i have for you is legacy at the end of the day when you leave this earth what is your legacy? Yeah. So when I leave here at 110, <laughs> I want <laughs> I want people to be able to say that that Brandon Williams was a stand-up man. He was a kingdom man who was all about helping his his family and not just helping his family but helping uh, people in his his generation and the next generation and his community to be better. Uh, we he was a loving, sharing, caring uh, servant of God. And if people can describe me as that, I, I feel like my mission is complete. All right, all right. Listen, it's been an honor having you on here. You know, we, we touched a lot of subjects. We got deep. We got emotional. But I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. If people, someone listens to this. They can feel that that's me. When they hear you speak, they go, that's me. And if he can do it, I can do it. And that's what the show is all about. So I thank you so much for taking the time to to just be with us. So before we let you go, where can they find you? What are you doing? You got some books out. Tell them about it. Yeah, so um, I am on the internet at IamBrandonWilliams.com. So IamBrandonWilliams.com. I'm on all social media sites at I am Brandon MW. So I am Brandon MW at, at uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, that's yeah, those three. Uh, and right now uh, I'm certified life coach. So I help people find their purpose. I help people 
talk through the tough questions of life and, and help them go to the next level. So I'm certified in, in doing that. Not just somebody who say, hey, I'm a coach. No, I actually went to school and got certified and put in those hours. <laughs> um, and so and I'm I'm a, actually I'm about to launch a magazine, uh, a men's magazine, Charles. So I would love to, to get your you in, in my men's magazine called Kingdom Man that I'm launching next month, November the 15th. Uh, is when it's, it's going to launch and it's a faith-based magazine for men to help them grow personally professionally and spiritually because it's really a, not a lot out there for just men uh, to, to, to go and find that type of content uh, and then I'm a tech consultant with my brother's company called Politoscope so um, Politoscope is a bipartisan uh, pol- political app that we create player profiles for politicians and we break do bill and policy breakdown um within the app so we make we bring transparency back to politics and we make politics easier to digest and know what the heck is going on and your politician can't lie to you anymore about what they did or didn't do because we got all their their fact sheet they stat sheet all of that is inside of the app so it's at at politoscope so you can down politoscope download politoscope right now in the app store we're in our beta it's only on the itunes store it's we're in beta and that's going to launch November the 12th to, to the masses. And it's, that's big time. Man. All right. All right. Listen, don't go nowhere, jump cast, because, you know, I always get the guys to do the little extra. So if you want to hear a little bit more, I always ask that tough question in the extra reel. So, you know, we're going to end this, but join us over there. So, Brandon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked the show or have a comment, we would love to hear from you. Join our mailing list, and as always, check out our special deals links below. I hope this has inspired you to look at your life and jump. See you next week. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000, plus get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000, plus get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, hope you had a great time listening to the show. If you think I did a great job, please buy me a coffee. I still got a lot of work to do. We would love to hear from you, your feedback. So please click the link and leave us a review. You can help us grow by following us on all social media platforms and sharing this link. Once again, it's time for you to jump. Success is waiting.